I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And tonight's edition of Bet LA with Anita Marks is made possible by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. What's up? What's up? Let's get to it. Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. We've got Michael in for Tyler tonight. Rebecca as well, producing the show. Good evening. Good evening. How you guys doing? We're doing good. Doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Are you kidding? I mean, you know, and, and I've said this before. It's kind of, it's bittersweet. Is it not? It's like, you know, we're just we're just a few days away from the NFC and AFC championship game. Let's be honest, I do believe that the NFL got it right. Um, you know, the Eagles and the 49ers. I, I had the I had the Eagles prior to the season starting. I, I had the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. I want to say I got them at like twenty five to one, and then I I doubled up on them at eleven to one after I want to say they were like three and zero in the season, uh, and and also. Full disclosure, uh, my my Super Bowl matchup was Eagles over Chargers. Obviously, that's not going to pan out for me. Uh, but a big reason why was because I, I didn't I didn't expect the 49ers to get here because I thought they were going to roll with Lance Trey Lance, who uh, I'm just have have never been a really big fan of um, coming out of college. Subpar competition, uh, not a lot of experience, unbelievable athlete. Uh, but just, in my opinion, did not have the intangibles uh, to, to lead a team right out of college. And so I think with everything that the 49ers had to give up and move up to go get him, I think they were forced to move forward with him this season. So not only was I not even thinking that the 49ers would make it this far, I actually picked the under of 10.5 wins for them this season. But of course, unfortunately, he gets injured. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in. Uh, you know, that changes the dynamic. Then Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured. He's out, and now we've got Mister Irrelevant Brock Purdy who comes in to quarterback, and here we are. So uh, so really really interesting in 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 how all how everything kind of uh, unfolded for the 49ers to get them where they are right now, getting ready to take on the Eagles, and then uh, and then in the in the AFC, I, I'm I'm not going to say shocked. But I'm surprised that the, that the Bengals are here again because it, it it takes a lot, okay? It takes a great deal of energy and focus and sacrifice for these teams to make it this far into the season. And for a team to make it this far and not win, which of course we saw the Rams win last year, um, it, it's, it's difficult. It really is difficult. And so I just... And, and it takes a, it takes a lot of leadership. It takes great coaching. It takes great camaraderie for a team to invest and put that that much energy back into trying to get back to the Super Bowl. And I was not expecting that from the the Cincinnati Bengals. But man, they are in in my opinion they are the hottest team coming in. And meanwhile, unfortunately for Kansas City, the big storyline there is obviously what can you realist realistically expect from uh, from from. Patrick Mahomes and I know Adam Schefter I I was on daily wager tonight if you did watch shameless plug not so shameless Monday through Friday uh, 3 p.m. PT Pacific time uh, on ESPN 2 6 p.m. Eastern time Um, and so we had we had him on we had Stefania Bell on who does a phenomenal job at ESPN giving us all the updates in regard to the the injury evaluations and, and where that is and there's a lot of positivity positivity right now around Patrick Mahomes so so many storylines 
So many question marks coming into the AFC and NFC championship games, but I do have plays and we've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, When you are done listening to this show, the next three hours, you are going to be so in the know of how to bet, play, watch, what to look for uh, with both these matchups. Okay. So uh, we've got Tim McManus who covers the Eagles. He was on my digital show called bet earlier this week on Monday. I'm going to replay that clip for you. Nick Wagner from the 49ers is going to jump on board and join us this evening. Uh, we'll find out the latest what's going on. It's not just Patrick Mahomes who's dealing with some injuries. It's, it's McCaffrey. It's Devo Samuel. It's Elijah Mitchell. So we'll get an update talking about the 49ers. And then, of course, I will give you my picks and my plays, and I have a plethora of them heading into this matchup. Okay. Uh, then the second hour, uh, we're going to hear from Ben Baby. What a great name that is, right? We're going to hear from Ben Baby, who uh, covers the Bengals. Again, was on my, uh, my digital show called Bet. And then Adam Teicher, who covers the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought it'd be great to get, have him on as well to give us an update. What's going on with Patrick Mahomes? How healthy, how unhealthy is he? What are his expectations? How, how will that ankle hold up? against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals in that defense. So Adam Teicher, who covers the Kansas City Chiefs for ESPN, is going to join us. And then I will give you my picks and my plays in that matchup as well. Make sure you have a pen and paper handy because I have a ton of bets for both these games, uh, sides, totals, and, and a ton of prop bets as well. And then Fat Jack, professional handicapper, joins us on the program each and every week. Fatjacksports.com, that's where you can find him. We'll get his picks and plays. And then, uh, and then we'll end the show strong with Andre Snellings, uh, who's, uh, who works with me on our gambling platform at ESPN. You can see him on Daily Wager. Uh, he contributes to a ton of columns and talking all things NBA. Not a great slate tonight. Um, just, just a few games, uh, but a really exciting big slate on Friday. So Andre and I, we dive into the, those, those games on Friday. And then of course, try to get his preview, uh, of the Lakers Celtics game on Saturday night. That's going to be a good one. And then we talk some futures bets in regard to the Lakers as well. So all that coming your way in the next three hours. So excited about that. Also not sure like how, how Michael, Rebecca, how, how much are you into, uh, the halftime show? Like, I've I've got a mixed bag with my friends in regard to Rihanna, and I don't get it because I I, I think she's amazing. I'm well, excited for the what's half- the mixed bag. Nobody I just they don't want they don't want her. <laughs> yeah, I just I I have a mix like like last year. I mean, how do you top last year? I don't know. Like I don't know if anybody could top last top last year. Wait, what was last year? Snoop. Oh and yes, that was that was awesome. I loved that. Dre. Yeah. And, I, I I mean I don't. You know, I don't, I, how do you, how do you, how do you top last year? Um, well, if anybody can do it, I think it can be Rihanna. Yeah. Or Rihanna, I, I, I just, are I we get, supposed to say Rihanna now? Rihanna, Rihanna, Rihanna. I, I, here's the, like, again, I, I, I don't know about you guys. Like, I have a mixed bag of, fr- like, I have friends that are like, eh. And, and maybe it's because she's been non-existent for the last few years. Let's be honest. Well, that's when was true. The last we've, time been, she, we've been waiting for a new album for like 10 years. When was the last time she dropped something? It's, like it's 10 been years a minute. ago, yeah. But there, but there are prop bets out there in regard to what you think her first song's going to be, what you think her last song's going to be. Are there over really? Un- wow. Yeah, over under, over under uh, songs, over under nine and a half songs. So uh, so I, I want you, you and, and, and Michael, I don't know how much you are into music, um, but... I'm into music. I'm just not good with like song titles or any of that. So um, I-, I will come to you guys in the last hour. I think it could be a fun segment. We could dive into what you think her first song's going to be, what you think her last song's going to be. So I'm giving you some time. I'm giving you three hours. Oh, okay. To do, okay. To, to, yeah, to do some, <laughs> to, to, to marinate, as All I right. like to say. I got I'm you. giving you three hours to marinate. All right, we'll, we'll have to in, think about it. There you go. And in what you think her first, what she's going to come out with, what she's going to close with. Uh, do you think she'll do over under nine and a half? So she's got a ton. Of, I mean, like she's got a ton of songs. I didn't realize how many hits she had. So many. Yeah. So many, so many good ones as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that. Um, and, uh, and we'll open up the phone lines as well. So, uh, but before we do take our first break again, even it's not a fantastic set of games tonight. Um, 
there's still some good ones. And, and right now, you've got the Knicks and the Celtics. They're in overtime. The Knicks are up right now by three, 120 to 117, with six seconds left. Six seconds left on the clock. How about that? So that's a good one. And this is being played in Boston, mind you. And the Knicks are without Mitch Robinson, uh, who without him, defensively, they've just been struggling big time. So I, 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 am, I am somewhat surprised with the score. I, I thought the Celtics were, were going to roll here. Uh, but nonetheless, you, you've, got, you've got the Knicks six seconds away from beating the Boston Celtics in overtime. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they are up on the Rockets right now, 111-89 to with about four minutes left in the fourth. Two games have already come to a close. Detroit taking care of the Nets. The Nets still without KD. Kyrie Irving did play today, put up 40 points, six assists, but that was not good enough. Uh, they lost to the Detroit Pistons, 130-122. to And the Hornets lost to the Bulls tonight. Uh, DeRozan had 28 points but they still lost, so the Hornets won 111-96. to Now, we've got two games uh, on tap for tonight, and I will keep you posted throughout the show, stats, scores, all of that, but I want to give you some plays so you can jump on it and, uh, and, and we can cheer together. So first things first, uh, you've, got, uh, you've got the Mavs going up against the Suns. Tip-off is pretty much may have already happened. I, I don't have a score up here on my I'm, – I'm watching the Knicks-Boston game, so I, I don't have the, the, I don't have the, the Mavs-Suns game on, on TV right now. But also uh, on ESPN.com on the scoreboard, it hasn't come up, but, but tip-off was at 10 o'clock. I love the Suns here. If you could jump on them now, I had them at minus one, minus one and a half at tip-off. Why? Dallas is one of the worst, if not the worst team against the spread this season in the NBA. They're just overvalued each and every night. And a big reason why is because of Luka, let's be honest. Uh, They've only covered eight of their 30 road games this season. And with no Christian Woods, Luka becomes their best rebounder. And oh, by the way, as we know, he plays point guard. Yeah, figure that out. Uh, So obviously they're going to have major issues off the glass. And Aiton's back for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Cam Johnson, since he's returned, he's shooting 47%. And the Suns' defense is top eight in their last 15 games. So I do like the Suns tonight at home. Again, I got it at minus one, minus one and a half. Not sure where it's at right now because uh, the game has already started. They're already about 10 minutes in. Also, prop bets that I did play, Aiton over 9.5 rebounds uh, and also over 27.5 points and rebounds combined. So that's how I'm playing the Suns game. Again, if you could get on it, get on it now. And then as we know, the Spurs taking on the Clippers, that tip-off is in about 15 minutes. And it, it, it's, it's hefty. You're, you're laying 12.5, you're laying 13. And you know what? If you're scared, say you're scared. I'm not scared. I'm laying the points. Uh, it, it's a lot. I don't necessarily like laying double digits in anything, football, NBA, but I'm going to lay it here. Why? Because Kawhi and Paul George are expected to, to, to both play. And, you know, when they play together, they've won their last three. When they're playing together, Kawhi's averaging almost 30 points a game. Paul George is averaging almost 23 points a game. Um, they're just coming off a really impressive win against the Lakers, 133 to 115. Powell coming off the bench, the sixth man, he's averaging 21 points a game his last 10 games. So obviously the Clippers with both Kawhi and Paul George healthy and on the court, they've got the firepower uh, in, in order to beat a Spurs team. They're five and four against the spread their last nine games. Let's be honest, you've got a Clippers team that's trying to make it uh, into the postseason and, and, and have some really good standing. Meanwhile, for the Spurs, it's all about the lottery pick for them. They're 28th on offense. They're 30th on defense. So uh, I am going to lay the points with the Clippers. Again, it's a 12 and a half, 13 in some places. And, uh, and also I like Trey Jones, by the way, for the Spurs over assists. He's averaging six a game, the over under six and a half. I just, with with the pace of play and, and how fast I believe these two teams are going to be playing, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity f- for him there with assists. Um, so the over-under is at five and a half, six and a half in some places. I would play the over. I would not play over seven and a half. But if you could get in on Trey Jones over five and a half or over six and a half assists, I would play that prop bet as well. Okay, so uh, those are the NBA plays and picks that I have heading into tonight's action. 
And uh, throughout the show, I will keep you posted on on all these stats uh, as well as the score. So uh, so so we'll keep you in the know in regard to all that. Quick break. We come back. We're going to start focusing on some NFL, getting you ready for the NFC and AFC championship games. Tim McManus, who covers the Eagles for ESPN. I'll play that clip for you. He joined me on my digital bet show on Monday with a sneak preek. What's going on with the Eagles as they get ready to take on the 49ers. Uh, we'll have that for you next. Anita Marks with you. You're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Yeah, I think nothing changes in terms of how we want to play the game. Um, you know, we want to go out there and control the things that we can control. Um, do our jobs. Do it, Try and do it at a high level. Um, and, and be the team we've been. Uh, Jalen Hurts talking about preparing for the 49ers. Uh, if you listened to the show last week, full transparency, that's me. I was all about the Giants. I, I liked the Giants getting the hook. I liked them getting the seven and a half. Boy, I feel like I got the hook. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I still don't believe Jalen Hurts is 100%. I don't believe that that shoulder is 100%. But Listen, who's 100% at this at this stage of the game, right? We're coming in and Patrick Mahomes is dealing with an ankle issue. Allegedly, McCaffrey's dealing with a calf. Elijah Mitchell, I think, groin, something like that. Debo Samuel, hamstring. Like, you know, everybody, This it's, it's a long season. It's a grueling season. Everybody's injured. Um, but I really thought last week that the Giants and that defense were, were going to be able to get to um, Jalen Hurts and I don't want to use the word re-injure but rattle um, make that shoulder uncomfortable uh, so that they'd have a chance towards the end of the game to, to possibly pull it out but the Giants defense no hits no sacks no rushes no hurries no like that Eagles offensive line was amazing and I just I felt like every time I every time I watch I was you know I, I a lot of times right we follow the ball right a lot of times in, in in football we follow the ball but I found myself paying closer close attention to to the offensive line and um and and was realizing that there was always like six or seven guys on that offensive line to me again that tells me that I still don't believe that Jalen Hurts is is 100%. I just don't. Um but I I am on the Eagles side and and you will you will you will know that at, at the end of this hour when I give you my picks and my plays coming your way. But I just think it's going to be a different animal this week against the 49ers. That's for sure. 49ers defense head head and shoulders above so much better than the Giants, but the Giants defense still good. Thibodeau, Ojolari, Leo Williams, Dexter Lawrence, I mean, you know that the the, the Giants front four, they, you know, they're not chopped liver. They're they're they were they're still somewhat of a force to be reckoned with, and they couldn't even. I, I said this. I said this on on uh, on Daily Wager. Like they couldn't even smell what cologne um, Jalen Hurts was wearing. They couldn't get close enough to him. So uh, can the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line do that again? 
against the 49ers? Time will tell. Uh, but anyway, like I said, uh, we're going to hear from Nick Wagner, who covers the 49ers. Uh, but, um, but earlier this week on Monday, I hosted our, our, our Bet Digital show, and Tim McManus joined me on the program. I had some questions for him following that Eagles win against the Giants. Let's listen in. All right, let's turn our attention to the NFC and the Eagles going up against the 49ers. Tim McManus joins us now. He does a phenomenal job covering the Eagles. So, Tim, very interesting, right? You've got an Eagles team who pretty much, you know, cakewalked uh, the the second half, fourth quarter against the the Giants because they pretty much blew them out. Meanwhile, the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys, that was a heavyweight bout, a lot more physicality in that game. Uh, what what are the Eagles saying about Hurts and his shoulder and 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 how fresh and spry, more spry I think they're going to be in this matchup against the 49ers? We're starting to hear a common refrain from Jalen Hurts: "Good enough." Anita is the way that he responds when asked how that shoulder was. He said that after the Giants win, just as he did the last Giants win in the regular season finale. Now he told the Fox broadcast beforehand that he was far from 100 percent. And that lines up with our reporting. He's still dealing with the SC joint sprain in that right shoulder. And the expectation is he's probably going to be feeling that to some degree the rest of the way here. But you can see in that game that he was very effective. And the the six designed runs in the first half tell you all you need to know about the way that the Eagles are feeling about how they can deploy him because they only had one design run the entire game against New York in that regular season finale. So he's obviously feeling better. He's one more week removed from having that injury on December 18th. And the hope is that he continues to trend upward. But he's going to be going up against a a very physical defense, as they know. And so that's something you have to think about. But overall, speaking with Coach Nick Sirianni today, feeling very good about the state of the Eagles' health. Lane Johnson got through. He's dealing with the adductor tear in his groin, uh, but was able to make it through that Giants game. That was good news for them. And overall, they're in a pretty good spot. And that uh, that includes Jalen Hurts, who, who got out of that one clean. So, Tim, the game plan for the Giants was to get after Hurts, right? They couldn't even, they couldn't even sniff him. They didn't even know what Cologne was wearing on Saturday night. But what they were able to do is run the football effectively. 268 yards. Miles Sanders was a complete beast. Three rushing touchdowns. But as we know, the 49ers defense against the run, much better than the Giants. With that being said, what are their expectations about how effectively they are going to run the football against the 49ers? Yeah, I talking with Sirianni today, the respect that he has for Niners defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans just came through the screen. Uh, and the way that he was praising him was saying, like, you know how I know a good coach? It's when their players are selling out for them. And he said that's what really pops off the tape, as you can just tell. You know, the, the schemes might not be the most exotic. It's actually it's kind of similar to Phillies, where they play a decent amount of zone. They don't blitz a lot. Uh, but, man, obviously the personnel that they have on all three levels for the Niners is, is super impressive. But also the way that the, the players play for D'Amico Ryans is something that stands out. They know it's going to be very physical. They know that it's not going to be uh, the same way, uh, the same level of resistance that New York showed them. Uh, They know that they're in a dogfight. And so what Sirianni said is, you know, we, it's good on good. And that's the way that it should be for an NFC championship game. But they're going to have to be on it uh, in order to get done what they need to get done in this game. Tim, on the offensive side of the ball, it's like a Swiss Army knife when it comes to the 49ers, right? You got C-Mac, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk. Pick your poison in that regard. So with that being said, what challenges do you feel are, are the Eagles expecting for them defensively having to go up against an offense that has so many weapons? Yeah, let's bring it back to coaching. I mean, Kyle Shanahan and the way that he schemes up this offense is is a big challenge and something that Sirianni also hit on today, as was the unique playmakers, the way that he called it, with Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. It's not something that they run up against every single week, and there's all, it's also a strong offensive line that they're operating behind. And so they, they recognize you know, just how disciplined uh, they have to be. And, you know, I think the other thing for this team is that they feel good about their personnel matching up against pretty much anybody. You know, this is the, the number one passing defense in the league, number one in sacks. They have the front seven to be able to apply pressure on Brock Purdy. And it looks like they have 
of the defensive front to get it done against what's a, a, obviously a, a pretty good rush offense for the 49ers. I mean, if you just think of the depth that they have along the defensive front, whether it's Linval Joseph and Jordan Davis as kind of like the big space eaters in the middle of that, and the other two defensive tackles, you know, with Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, not bad. So they're they're able to, to kind of roll bodies in there without having any kind of sharp drop-off. That has come in so handy for this group over the course of the year because that's a lot of what the NFL is is like trying to you know wear down the opposing team and once you get into the backups you know really take advantage and there's just very little drop off for this group it's deep it's talented on all three levels and so even though this is obviously a very respectable offense that's coming in uh, the you know the defense is going to be feeling up for the challenge Tim thank you so much appreciate your insight as always so uh, how am I playing this game again it is Monday but you've got an Eagles team now. They're favored by two and a half. I'm going to run to this window as well. The over-under is 45 and a half. I've got a slight play towards the under because we're talking about two exceptional defenses and one working quarterback who's going to have to go up against the Eagles on the road. But I like the Eagles here, and I like them at two and a half. I'm going to grab them now just in case this line jumps up to three, maybe three and a half by kickoff. You want to pay attention to the news with Christian McCaffrey because he did have a calf injury in that Dallas game. So keep an eye on that. Hopefully it's nothing serious uh, because you, 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 want, you want all the stars on the field uh, this weekend. But you gotta, you got to really commend the offensive line, how they were able to protect uh, Jalen Hurts against a Giants team that I knew they were coming in to try to get to Jalen Hurts and they couldn't even get five feet next to him. So you got to commend the offensive line. And one thing about the Philadelphia Eagles, what they do so well is pick your poison. They can beat you in the air. They can beat you on the ground. And I've got some concerns now about Brock Purdy. We, we, we saw the, the rookie quarterback come out against that Dallas Cowboys team, and it doesn't get any easier for him against the Philadelphia Eagles, who, by the way, this will be their fourth home game. They have not left Philadelphia. They have not left Philadelphia since Christmas Eve. And so that's an advantage as well. So again, uh, that's from our, our Bet Digital show. You can listen to um, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays by the way, on ESPN Plus. And so really excited hosting that. Tim McManus, who does a phenomenal job covering the Eagles for ESPN, was on with me. And uh, and those are my picks and my plays on Monday. Obviously, that line has changed. And uh, and I've got, I've got a ton of prop bets. I've done a deep dive into this matchup, and I've got a ton of prop bets for you as well uh, for Sunday. Uh, quick break. We come back. Nick Wagner will join us. He covers the 49ers for ESPN. I, I, I'm excited to get him on. I want to know what's going on with Christian McCaffrey. I want to know what's going on with Elijah Mitchell. What's going on with Debo Samuel? And realistically, what's a fair expectation for Brock Purdy? I mean, because he's had so much success this season, I think we forget that he is Mr. Irrelevant. And you did have 31 teams pass up on him seven times in the draft. And even though, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys get more pressure on, on a quarterback than any other team in the NFL, all around as a whole, the Eagles' defense is better. So what are some realistic expectations for Brock Purdy heading into this matchup? We'll talk to Nick Wagner next. You're listening to Bet here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Nick Wagner joins us now. Does a great job covering the 49ers. And so, Nick, welcome in. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Been a busy week, as you can imagine, but uh, ready to get to this football game on Sunday, as I'm sure most of us are. Well, it's been a long time since any of the New York teams have advanced that far. So I don't know. Uh, I can't recall how busy of a week I'm sure it must be for you. But uh, let's dive into it. First things first, uh, let's talk about some of the injuries and concerns, right? Especially in the backfield. Christian McCaffrey dealing with, from what I understand, a calf, right? Elijah Mitchell as yeah. well. Uh, some various reports out there. Are they practicing? Are they not? If they are, are they you know, full go? Bring us up to speed on, on the health of both those running backs. 
Yeah, first and foremost, uh, Christian McCaffrey has, did not practice either of the first two days this week. Same with Elijah Mitchell. And Kyle Shanahan said on Wednesday that, you know, he wasn't going to make any guarantees about their availability for Sunday. But his expectation is that everybody, well, with the exception of Jimmy Garoppolo, will be available to the 49ers then. Uh, I asked Shanahan today if any of that changed with McCaffrey not practicing for a second straight day. And he said his concerns were the same as they were yesterday, and he kind of feels the same way as he did then. So the expectation still that he'll be able to go. Christian McCaffrey did speak uh, today, and he said when he was asked if he had any – if there was any chance that he wasn't going to play, uh, he said no. He said zero doubt. So he, he, he expects to be ready to go. Um, we'll have to kind of wait and see if he does anything on Friday. Elijah Mitchell, things are a little quieter on, but again, uh, Kyle Shanahan seems to indicate that, you know, for the most part, they are still optimistic that they're going to have all hands on deck. Now, if those guys are fully healthy is a whole other question that I don't think any of us have an answer to right now. I mean, really, at this point in, in stage in, in, in the season, who really is fully healthy, right? <laughs> yes. Very true, yeah. very true. But, yeah, in terms, right. just in terms of, you know, will they be able to take on a full workload and those types of things, um, I think that would all have to get sorted out on Sunday. I'm sure. What about Debo Samuel? Uh, he's he's dealing with some issues <laughs> as well. What What is he dealing with? Yeah, it's a weird one, Anita, because on Wednesday, Kyle Shanahan, you know, before practice is when we speak to Kyle Shanahan and the players, and he said at the time that Debo was going to sit out because of an ankle issue. Uh, and then we'd go out to practice about an hour later, and Debo was out there, and he was moving around just fine. And, and I asked Debo, you know, about the ankle, and he said he's just dealing with a little bit of soreness. Uh, but he did, he also didn't have any doubt that he's going to be ready for Sunday. He's been limited in practice the last couple of days, but that would be honest with you, Anita, from the parts that we get to watch at practice, which, granted, isn't all of it, he looks like he's fine, and it doesn't seem like it's anything super serious with him. You know, it's, it's interesting. Obviously, with Christian McCaffrey being a part of this offense, his role has changed immensely. Is is he happy? I mean, because he's not the focal point anymore. You know, if, if you were to ask me who's the straw that stirs the drink, to me it is Christian yeah. McCaffrey. But, uh, you know, how, how does how does Debo f- feel about his role this season with, with McCaffrey now part of the team? Yeah, you know, it's funny. He was one of the most excited people in that locker room when they got Christian McCaffrey. And I'll tell you this, Anita, this is – it applies to Debo Samuel, but it applies to a lot of guys. And I've, I've written about this a little bit. But, you know, they have a lot of skill, possession, skill position talent between Debo and McCaffrey and Mitchell and Ayuk and Juszczyk and Kittle, all those guys. And I think they all kind of came to the realization very quickly that, hey, if we want to win a Super Bowl, which is the ultimate goal, and this is a team that hasn't shied away from that since the beginning, really, of the offseason program. I can remember, Anita, at the first day of training camp, them breaking down the huddle by saying the word championship, everybody yelling championship at the same time. So that is kind of the ultimate goal. And so I think they all knew that they were going to have to make some sacrifices along the way. If that meant individual numbers, that's fine. But the goal is to win a Super Bowl. And I know Debo kind of falls into that category too. He was very excited that they got Christian McCaffrey. And I think he views it as Christian McCaffrey also has some gravity to him so that defenses are paying attention to him and open some things up for him. The hard part is, is those two guys haven't been on the field together a lot. Uh, we've seen them here in the playoffs, but, you know, Debo got hurt uh, in that Tampa Bay game in early December. So uh, they really have only had, I think, I want to say three or four games uh, fully uh, playing together. So we haven't had a lot of opportunities to see how it works when they're both out there all the time. Nick Wagner joining us here on ESPN, uh, doing a deep dive into what's going on with the 49ers. Maybe I've buried the lead here, and the, and the lead really is Brock Purdy, right? I, I mean, Mr. Yeah. Irrelevant uh, now, you know, helping elevate this 49ers team to an NFC championship game. Uh, but we, we, saw, we saw a lot of rookie in him last week against Dallas, right? No, no touchdowns, uh, very uh, low, what, 36.9 or 39.6 passer rating, only 50% uh, third down conversion rate. Um, And now, even though, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys get more pressure than anyone else, but all around the Eagles defense is the better defense. They're number one against the pass. What are your realistic expectations for Brock Purdy this week against the Eagles? Yeah, the number one thing that it has to start with for him is taking care of the ball. And and that was really the difference in the game last week, Anita, was that Brock Purdy didn't throw any interceptions. There was one close call, you know, that ball that got deflected and Trayvon Diggs 
missed the opportunity to come up with an interception. But other than that, his ball security has been really good. In fact, Kyle Shanahan told me this week that it's the number one thing that he's been most impressed with with Brock Purdy is his ability to take care of the ball and um, how that has affected what they do in terms of the turnover battle. So that's kind of where it starts. And I think I think the other thing for him is, is you know, we kind of uh, – the way I look at it is every week Brock Purdy is taking a test. And so far he has passed all the tests. But also every week the stakes of those tests get bigger. So this is the bigger than the week before and the one before that and, and so on and so forth. And so you're going on the road. And it really is going to be a loud, raucous environment in Philadelphia. The only thing even close to that that he's seen this year was in Seattle, which is, interestingly enough, Anita, Kyle Shanahan told me the other day that before the Niners played in Seattle, now mind you, they hadn't even clinched a playoff spot yet at that point, Kyle Shanahan was telling Brock Purdy and the team that this is going to be like a dry run for us because we could see Philadelphia in the NFC championship game. That's a, a true story. They were already thinking ahead that that was a possibility. So about how important it was for Brett Purdy to get that rep in that environment where they could work silent count and have an opportunity to work communication that way. And so um, that is going to be another big part of this. They also have to get off to a quick start. The Eagles, uh, obviously we know what their pass rush is capable of, but they are known for jumping out to lead. And once they do that, if they can make things one, if they make this Niners offense one-dimensional and Brock Purdy has to throw, the Niners are going to be in a lot of trouble. On the defensive side of the ball, right? Like this defense, as yep. we know, number one in, in, in the NFL. What's their take? Because I truly, I don't think Jalen Hurts is 100%. Um, I, I liked the Giants to cover last week at seven and a half because I thought their defense would able would be able to get to him and rattle him up, maybe like re-aggravate that shoulder. Uh, but the Giants couldn't even sniff him. I, I mean, no hits, no sacks, no no hurries, no nothing. I mean, that offensive line was unbelievable. So looking at that game tape, and, and I'm not comparing the Giants' defensive front to the 49ers, Avi, but sure. you know what what what's this? What's the game plan for this 49ers defense? Yeah, they've got a lot to consider, Anita, because if you go and look at how Jalen Hurts has performed against teams that are really good at stopping the run, because let's let's be honest, that's the number one thing that the Eagles' offense wants to do. They want to run the ball down your throat. So if the Niners can stop that, that, that gets them off to a good start. The problem is is that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense can also beat you over the top. And, and I think there was two games this year the Eagles played against top ten run defenses. One was the Titans, and the other one was the Steelers. And they did a good job. Both of those teams did a good job of stopping the run. But what Jalen Hurts did in those games, I think he averaged something like 330 passing yards in those two games. So basically, if you sell out to stop the run, you could very well be in trouble in terms of deep shots and getting big plays in the passing game down the field. The question is, the Niners, to your point, do they feel like Jalen Hurts is healthy enough that he can take advantage of taking those deep shots if they're there? Or do the Niners feel like they are good enough all the way around to just play solid defense, let everybody do what they're supposed to do, where you don't have to have an extra person, you know, spying on Jalen Hurts with a linebacker or anything like that, that they can kind of continue to do what they always do, which is play zone coverage and have that front four create pressure. So that's going to be kind of the interesting cat and mouse game there is, is how healthy do they feel Jalen Hurts is. And remember, Anita, these two teams played in week two last year. Jalen Hurts ran for 82 yards and a touchdown in that game. The Niners have not been great against mobile quarterbacks. They didn't see a lot of them this year, but even as recently as New Year's Day against the Raiders in Las Vegas, Jared Stidham, I think he only ran for 34 yards that year, but if you go watch that tape, a lot of the big plays that he made, and he threw for 360-something yards, was because he was able to extend plays with his legs and throw the ball down the field. So all of that is what the Niners are dealing with right now and trying to figure out exactly what they believe Jalen Hurts is capable of and what he's not. Yeah, I, I mean, my thing, though, Nick, and, and I just, yes, we saw Jalen Hurts run, I want to say, like seven times, seven design runs against the Giants, mm -hmm. but they were strategic. They were when there yep. was no Giants players around him, and whenever a Giants player came within three feet of him, he went down. And you don't, you don't, you don't really ever see that with Jalen Hurts. He's always pushing for that extra yard, right? Yeah. 
I, I feel like we're always seeing him get hit like as he's trying to get out of bounds because he's always trying for that extra, you know, he's just, he's, and he's thick. He's a mm-hmm. thick dude. So I think he feels like he can take the, the, the pounding. I just saw a different Jalen Hurts. So I, 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 like a part of me is like, you know, how much is he going to, is he going to run against this 49ers defense? Listen, at the end of the day, the statistics don't lie, right? The way that you beat the 49ers is in the air. So, you know, I, so I guess my question to you is, how do you feel that the, the secondary is going to match up against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith? Yeah, if you go back to last year, the Niners played the Titans when A.J. Brown was there. I think it was right before Christmas in Nashville on a Thursday night game. And A.J. Brown had a monster game. And the 49ers, it, one of the reasons that they went out and spent so much money on Trevarius Ward, the cornerback from Kansas City, in the offseason was because they wanted a big physical press corner who they felt like could you know, do better against a guy like A.J. Brown. It doesn't mean they're going to be able to shut him down, but somebody who can at least physically match up with him better than what they had. And so they went out and did that. And so Ward has not played great over the last few weeks. You know, he had a tough time against D.K. Metcalf. Uh, in that in that wild card round, but he did play really well against DK Metcalf in the first two meetings that the Niners had. So they need that Charvarius Ward against AJ Brown this week from those first two Seattle meetings to show up and have that kind of game. And then you know the guy that probably doesn't get enough credit in that Philadelphia offense is Devontae Smith, who is an excellent technician, a really good route runner. Um, and I think the 49ers are going to have their hands full on the other side there. The big thing for them is. In that passing game, those two safeties, Talanoa Hufanga, Tayshawn Gibson, both of them have made a lot of splash plays this year, getting interceptions, pick sixes, fumble recoveries, that kind of stuff. But they also have given up their share of big plays, too, by getting caught with their eyes in the wrong place. That Eagles offense, a lot of the zone read-read option stuff that they like to do, that is meant to mess with your eyes. And so those two guys, I think, are really the key to this game, those two safeties. If they can be really disciplined with their eyes, make sure that they're in the right place at all times and not give up some of those big plays. Before I let you go, just big picture, you know, champagne problems in regards to the quarterback situation that this 49ers team is in right now, right? Like Trey Lance, we know they gave up the world to move up and get him. Jimmy Garoppolo, now we're seeing what Brock Purdy can do. Uh, if, if you were wagering man, Nick, who would you wager is going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers next year? Yeah, I think as we sit here right now, the answer has to be Brock Purdy. And the way I kind of look at it is, is if you view the starting quarterback job for the 49ers as like a prize at the end of the road, I think Brock Purdy's really far down the road right now. Like he's almost to that point. But there's still a the little wiggle room. And the thing is, is the Niners don't have to answer that right now. So they're not going to. They're going to get as much information as they can and, and make that decision. But look, remember back in 2017, the 49ers traded for Jimmy Garoppolo from the Patriots. He started the last five games of that season. The Niners went 5-0, and and Garoppolo played pretty well. Remember what the Niners did that offseason? They made Jimmy Garoppolo the highest-paid player in NFL history at the time that he signed his contract. And that was based off of five games. Doc Purdy has already played more than five games. He started seven, really basically had eight because he played most of that eighth game against Seattle. And he's won games with much bigger stakes than anything Jimmy Garoppolo did. So I think the Niners have to kind of look at it as Purdy is the leader in the clubhouse right now. If he wins another game and becomes the first rookie ever to get to a Super Bowl, I don't know how you could deny him that opportunity. And if he wins it, I think it's all academic at that point. Nick, great stuff as always. Really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You got it, Anita. Take care. You got it. Uh, Again, Nick Wagner does a phenomenal job, of course, uh, covering uh, the 49ers. Quick break. We come back. I'll give you my picks and my plays heading into that matchup. So hang tight. Anita Marks with you. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Belay with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Just, you know, do all the walkthroughs, the run-throughs, whatever, and, you know, go through the lists multiple times with, with Coach Lynn or with Bobby T. And, uh, it's the same process for me, just lowering a little bit of the physical load. Is there any chance in your mind that you won't play on Sunday? Zero. Zero. Christian McCaffrey. Zero chance that he will not play 
um, on on Sunday. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, but he hasn't been practicing, and neither has Elijah Mitchell, and apparently Debo Samuels dealing with some issues as well. Great, great conversation with Nick Wagner. Obviously, as you can hear, has his finger on the pulse of this team better than most. So how am I going to play it? Um, I like the Eagles here. Fly, Eagles, fly. I'll lay the two and a half. Also, um, and I'm about to sneeze. I'm sorry. And when I sneeze, it's like, I don't know about you guys. It's like nine in a row. So I'm trying to avoid it. Um, I do like the Eagles in the first half. Why? The Eagles, so you can wager also the Eagles uh, minus one and a half in the first half. Why? The Eagles are the hottest starting team in the NFL. They're first in points per drive, first in TDs per drive, and first in scoring per drive in the first half. And they have a plus 190 point differential against their opponents in the first half. Plus 149. Far and away above anyone else. Okay? So uh, so love the Eagles. Minus two and a half. I'll lay it. Love the Eagles in the first half. Minus one and a half. Also, I'm on the over here. Um, I'm sorry. I'm on the under. Sorry. I'm on the under here at 46 and a half. Okay? I'm on the under at 46 and a half. What are the prop bets? Well, first of all, let's get into all the reasons why I like the Eagles. Okay? Um, home field advantage. And uh, they they've they've been they've been playing at home since Christmas Eve, so they haven't had to travel. Also, uh, with all due respect to the 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 Giants, pretty much the second half of the game, let alone the fourth quarter, was kind of a cakewalk for the Eagles. So not a really uh, physical game that the Eagles had to play against. Uh, the, the Giants. Meanwhile, knockdown, drag out fight battle between the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. That was a physical game. And then, um, and then of course, now they have to travel across the country, come out to the East Coast, time differential, all that stuff, uh, and take on an Eagles team that's really home, rested, healthy, ready to go. So uh, there's that. Also, I do believe the Eagles have um, a comparable defense against the 49ers, okay? Um, so they're 16th in blitz rate. They're second in pressure rate. They play 12% man, 18% zone. I'm sorry, they're 12th. Their defense is 12th best against zone, 18th best against man. Um but really, at the end of the day, these two teams are very comparable to one another. It's just where the advantage comes is at the quarterback position. Now, again, I don't believe that Jalen Hurts is 100%, but whatever percentage he is at, I think he's going to be more effective than what Brock Purdy can bring to the table. And, I, and, and I'm going to get into some Brock Purdy uh, statistics with you in just a minute. But So I just wanted to explain all the reasons why I, I'm playing the Eagles. I, I just... I think, I think they're they're the better all around team, and I'm not sitting here saying that the Eagles are going to blow them out. I I think this is good. this is going to be a it's going to be a game, okay? This is going to be a game, um, but I think at the at the end of the day, the Eagles do win. Prop bets that I'm playing here: TD scores anytime. I'm going to play AJ Brown, and you can get that at plus one twenty. Uh, why not? Uh, you know the only. The, Majority of teams who score against the 49ers, and, and I want to get this stat right, so hold on one second, um, is through the passing game, okay? Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking for the stat here. Um, is through the passing game. And so I'm fading Miles Sanders. In fact, I'm playing under 51 and a half rushing yards and under 12 and a half as the longest run for Miles Sanders, I, I just I know he had a big game against the against the Giants. It's not going to happen this week against the 49ers. You're talking about the best defense against the run. They're they're allowing running backs to only average like three point four three point three yards per carry. Three yep three point three yards per carry to, to to opposing running backs. So I'm fading Miles Sanders. Uh, but I'm putting a lot of emphasis in both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. 
So Devontae Smith to score touchdown plus 175. Quez Watkins, I think this is a sneaky good play. Plus 850. And um and here's here's something interesting when it comes to Quez Watkins. Uh 20% of the targets Watkins has this season are th- are yards are thrown 20 yards or further downfield. The highest rate on a team. Against those throws, the 49ers are 23rd in completion percentage rate at 42% and have allowed six touchdowns, which is 27th to wide receivers. So I think Quez Watkins to score an anytime touchdown is a sneaky good play at plus 850. And also I do have Debo Samuel scoring a touchdown at plus 160. I think Debo Samuel, again, I do believe that McCaffrey is going to play. I do believe that Elijah Mitchell is going to play. But how effective... They can play, but how effective are they going to be? Just my gut's telling me that Debo Samuel is going to be a big part of this game plan. It's just what my gut's telling me. Quarterback-wise, I'm going over one-and-a-half touchdown passes for Jalen Hurts, over 251-and-a-half passing yards, and probably my favorite is over 32-and-a-half attempts. Why? The 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 one team that, that compares the most defensively to the 49ers is Tennessee. And the Eagles threw the ball 77% of the plays. Seven, not 77. Almost 70, over 75%. So uh, probably my favorite play for Jalen Hurts is over 32 and a half passing attempts. Okay. In regard to Purdy, I think he's going to have a rough, I think he's going to have a rough go of it. Right. Zero touchdowns against Dallas. Um, like 39.3 passer rating uh, only 50% of the time was he able to convert on third down and and now this is an Eagles team that gets pressure to the quarterback and is the number one passing defense in the NFL I think Purdy is going to have to be is going to be running for his life so I'm going over eight and a half rushing I can't believe it's eight and a half might be my best bet Brock Purdy over eight and a half rushing yards he's going to have to run for his life also I have him tossing an interception at minus 135 uh, like I said, I'm fading uh, uh, Miles Sanders under rushing yards and under his longest rushing attempt at 12 and a half. Here's another one for you. Dallas Goddard under 46 and a half receiving yards. Why the 49ers, uh, one of the best defenses against oppo- uh, opposing tight ends, they're only allowing 40 receiving yards to the entire position per game. Top 10 defense against tight ends, yards per Target, yards per catch, TD rate. So this is a really good 49ers team uh, against opposing tight ends. And I know he had a big game against the Giants, but I don't think this week. I think Devontae Smith can be a sneaky good play, especially if A.J. Brown is not 100%. Um, I, I think Devontae Smith it could be a sneaky good play with over receptions at 5.5 and, and over 67.5 receiving yards. Also, I have Reddick and uh, sweat both with sacks. And like I said, I've got Debo Samuel over four and a half receptions, over 50 and a half receiving yards. And also I think Jennings could be a sneaky good play at over 21 and a half receiving yards. That is how I'm playing this 49ers Eagles game. So again, hopefully you had a pen and paper uh, ready because I know it's a lot and hopefully you've jotted it all down. Quick break. We come back. We kick off hour number two. You're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.